0: Hello everyone, today I'm talking about how to recognize if trauma is affecting our Reiki practice. Most of us, when we hear the word trauma, we conjure up images of rape or war, something extreme, thinking, no, this doesn't apply to me. But a lot of things that we accept as normal can leave us experiencing a trauma response, like accidents, sudden events like an unexpected breakup or an unexpected death of a loved one, being subjected to or witnessing physical abuse, prolonged emotional abuse, and things like that. If we didn't have the resources to deal with the trauma response at that time, the mind hides away the pain in the body to deal with later. This can show up years later in our lives and affect our spiritual work. Reiki is a very powerful tool and can help us reach a state of a beautiful equilibrium This serene tranquility, even if life, all of life, is crumbling in front of our eyes and beneath our feet, all we need is to maintain a 30-40 to minute daily practice. But there can be unexpected, unseen obstacles to this practice itself from the forgotten past. Here are some signs that suppressed trauma could be interfering with your Reiki practice. The typical one is, we make excuses for not practicing regularly, we seek shortcuts. The truth is, most of us have enough time, unless the only option to earn enough to survive is to be stuck in a 72 hours per week job. Yes, these are genuinely tough situations. Most of us, though, don't live like that. We do have a choice, a choice we exercise, to watch cat videos instead of practicing Reiki. Reiki is, without exception, the easiest system to practice We can at least do a little bit of Reiki every single time our hands are free. The question is, are we choosing it? When we weren't prioritized by our parents, we learn not to prioritize ourselves and our own well-being. In such cases, we end up wasting time and seeking instant gratification instead of investing in our long-term progress. Guilt and shame are another common sign. Abusive relationships use guilt and shame as a means of control, and when this becomes a habit, we tend to spiral into crippling guilt and shame, repeating erroneous behaviors, instead of taking action to correct our mistake. We feel guilty and ashamed of previous behavior, and often, We punish ourselves by taking actions which causes even more guilt and shame. Compulsively seeking approval from others, especially at the cost of one's own well-being is also a very typical long-term trauma response. Autoimmune disorders are another common sign. These typically develop when the body is experiencing abuse, either physical or emotional. It's just that in the case of emotional abuse, this can be quite hard to acknowledge and accept because there can be a lot of affection and attachment in such relationships as well. But a closer, much closer look is needed at the nature of those relationships, along with a focus on learning how to draw healthy boundaries. Another thing we need to take a closer look at is disease. Not all diseases are triggered by trauma, obviously, but in the case of extreme suppression of emotions, trauma can manifest as a big or small disease. When clients tell me something like, oh, I don't feel bad about it since this year began, and their disease began around the same time, that they started feeling emotionally better, it is clearly a sign that the emotional upset was converted into physical upset because the emotions were too much to handle. Talking too much or being tongue-tied is another symptom. If there is unresolved trauma, even if it's decades old, Silence is often unbearable, because it starts to bring up memories, on a subconscious level of course, but memories that are uncomfortable. So the person often does not have a clue, it's just a feeling that they cannot relax into. So such people can end up talking too much, completely oblivious to the disinterest of the listener. This could be a general pattern but it could also be something that only shows up when a person is stressed. Others are terrified of being noticed, especially if remaining invisible was the key to avoiding the traumatic experience. So being in any situation where they get a lot of attention can feel intimidating and unsafe. The same way as talking too much. If there is a milder trauma response, then this can also happen only in select stressful situations where the subconscious memory is being triggered. Another common symptom is the inability to pay attention or participate in life. Energetically speaking, the root chakra gets damaged during a severe trauma or as a result of prolonged stress, usually thanks to an emotionally abusive relationship. When this happens, one can space out a lot, and paying attention becomes very hard. Reading more than a few lines at a time is sometimes very difficult, and maintaining a disciplined life is impossible. Procrastination is rampant. If there is neglect-related trauma, the sacral can be damaged, which leads to eating disorders, emotional eating and addictions, either to things or to people. If one's power was quashed by abusive parenting or a very overpowering, dominating spouse, it damages the solar plexus, which can affect the overall energy levels. It can affect the capacity to develop ambition and also lead to becoming a pushover power issues basically so what can we do if we have identified that we have issues with trauma unresolved trauma can cause many many reactions and In the list above, I've actually skipped the obvious ones like depression, anxiety, or panic attacks, being dysfunctional, trust issues, addictions, repetitive nightmares of being in danger. Because in these situations, people are typically already aware that they have a problem and help is needed. We have lived in a relatively difficult world, and a lot of abuse is normalized because everyone does it or is going through it. Reiki self-healing alone also helps to heal a lot of unresolved trauma. But if the above aspects ring true for you, getting sessions can also speed up the process of your healing and spiritual growth. There is no denying the value of an empathetic listener who is dedicated to being there for you. This can really speed up your progress and your healing. Apart from that, I have found that even a short Reiki practice in the morning combined with a short Reiki practice in the evening is an extremely potent combination. I have had many students who practice only once And sometimes those practices are really long, two hours, three hours sometimes. But I have not found a parallel to just even a 40-minute Reiki practice, 15 minutes in the morning, 25 minutes in the evening. It's extremely powerful and brings a lot of stability inside and sometimes outside as well. I hope you enjoyed listening to this. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you soon.